Welcome to Stolen Lunch's podcast where we get to steal away to be fed spiritually by God. We hold virtual Bible studies every Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which means, yes, you can tune in from anywhere at any time. If you miss a Bible study, that's where our Stolen Lunch's podcast comes in. So this Bible study was so good. So much great feedback and words of encouragement. So we had to make sure we put this on the podcast for you. Let's dive in. The thief comes to steal, right? So as believers, we know that as soon as we are saved and we come into the kingdom of God, that um, the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. So I want to start before I hand it over to Mr. D. You got anything to say? So the first scripture, you guys, um, that really came to my heart Um about the thief comes to steal. Like when we are believers, right? We always think that, you know, when we get saved, it's going to be awesome. And it is awesome, but nobody tells us that the enemy is going to try you and why he's trying you because he wants to uproot you from the kingdom of God. He wants to pull you out of your position. He wants to pull you out of that place with God. He don't want you to grow. He don't want you to mature. So we have some funny stories, even in our life, like when we've received the word and then the thief comes to steal that, like immediately the Bible says, but I just want to set us up with the um, foundation of scripture. And that's John 10, 10. We know that, right? Everybody know that if you are a believer, you have read that. And if you haven't, we want to introduce, introduce this scripture to you for the first time. So John 10, 10 says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. To steal your money, to steal your hope, to steal those dreams. He comes to kill. He wants not only your life dead, he wants the thing that God has placed inside of you. He want to kill it. He don't want you to survive with the purpose that God has given you and destroy. So we can look at that word destroy in so many ways. But the Bible says, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So tonight we want to remind you guys that God has given us life and he wants us to have it to the fullness abundantly, the Bible says. And so, you know, that's just our topic for tonight. And then we're going to go over and talk about a special parable. Yeah. So, you know, what's going on, you guys? Of course, I'm Davion. Uh, it is a blessing to be fellowshipping with you, with you guys tonight. Um, and so as we get into the word um, in the short time that we have, even though it may be a brief moment, it is still a moment nonetheless in the word of God. This is God's word. This is God's mind. This is his will towards us. I think we should definitely make sure that we treat his word and the teaching of his word, the reading of his word with the highest expectation. Like, without a doubt, if you are going through anything, the word of God has and is the answer for you, period. Um, and another thing about that, it is very important that we understand that the word of God is to be believed, to be received, not doubted. You know, it's a, it's a matter of choice and decision. The word of God must take precedence over anything and everything you feel, you see, you hear, you've been through in your life. This is the word of God. I think one of the things that stops us from going from experiencing the fullness of it is we allow things to get too big and too high. Um, and why am I saying this? You know, if I sound or if I'm coming across a little bit intense, I kind of am that way when it comes to the word. I feel like I'm a cool person to deal with and get along with. Uh, but at the same time, I also understand that as people, we were made in his image and after his likeness. And being that that's the case, he wrote the book literally mm -hmm. on how we are to live. And being that he wrote the book on how we are to live, it is very important that we follow that book, that we know that book to follow that book, mm -hmm. that we understand it, its caveats, you know, the words, what they mean. Um, the Bible is all about God's life, his love, and it's all about living according to his principles, mm -hmm. regardless of how, how you feel, his principles. So I just want to kind of throw that out there as we get started. So my wife just read John 10, verse 10. If you would, Let's look at a parable and let's look at um, Luke chapter eight. Now this parable, the parable of the sower, it's actually in three of the gospels, right? Um, and Matthew is in chapter 13 and Mark is in chapter four and then Luke is in chapter eight. Each writer 
comes at it from somewhat of a different perspective. They, they hear certain things that they point out, but the parable is the same. The principle is the same. Now, why do I want us to talk about this parable in light of the scripture that my wife read? The thief comes, but for the steal, kill, and destroy. But I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, what is the key to having that life? Um, Proverbs talks about, says that we should guard our hearts with all diligence, but out of it, out of our heart flows the issues of life. Out of our heart flows the situations and circumstances of life that we find ourselves in. But watch this. If so, if we want a different outcome in life, we must, you know, create a different environment in our hearts. And the best way to do that is to understand what the scripture has to say about our hearts, about our lives. You know, the Bible, uh, when, when Yeshua came, when Jesus came and he began to teach, the very first revelation that he taught was the parable of the sower, right? And why was that? Because in that parable, it actually introduces and lays the foundation for how you should live and what you should expect as a believer. This has nothing to do with your church. This has nothing to do with whatever denomination. This is your business, your group. This is not even about stolen lunches. This is all about God's kingdom because that's what Christ prayed. He says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, his kingdom. And so he taught this parable. And so we're going to look at this parable. And in this parable, it's going to reveal some very powerful things. So in Luke chapter eight and verse five, it says, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside and it was trodden down and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock. And as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Son, go in there. Y'all apologize. The baby boy, he's trying to, he's trying to distract daddy a little bit to play him. Um, verse seven. And some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Verse eight. And others fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, what might this parable be? He says in verse 10, and he said, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. The mysteries of the kingdom of God. It is so important that as believers, no matter how long you've been born again, your focus is not on your church. It is on the kingdom. And he says, Jesus says here, it is important for you to know the mysteries concerning the kingdom of God. What are mysteries? Things that you haven't seen, things that you haven't heard, things that seem to be a secret. He says, well, that's the kingdom of God. Most people don't understand it, haven't seen it, hadn't heard it. But he says, listen, it's important for you to know it. It's important for you to know the things that other people don't know, the mysteries. How else do investors make a lot of money in investing? They know and understand stuff about the stock market that everybody else doesn't. How do the very successful in real estate get there? They understand stuff about investing that others don't. How do people get successful in social media and, and blowing up and whatever? They understand and they do things that other people don't. And so the same way, how else can, does it seem like some folks are really successful in their lives as believers. How is it that some can be strong and stay strong and stay focused? Not that they don't have weak moments, not that they don't get attacked, not that they don't go through stuff. However, because they understand the kingdom of God and the weight that it carries and how the kingdom of God shows up in your life and takes over, that's the thing that makes a difference. A lot of us may understand our churches, our denominations, our businesses, our friends, our loved ones, but we don't necessarily truly understand the kingdom. Um, so he says, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. He says, now the parable is this, verse 11. The seed is the word of God. Very right to the point. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Verse 12, those by the wayside are they that hear, uh, then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts 
lest they should believe and be saved. Verse 13, they on the rock are they, which when they hear, receive the word with joy. Man, they're excited. And, but these have no root. For a while they believe. And in the time of temptation, they fall away. Verse 14, and that which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit uh, to perfection. But, but that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, that's the key, in an honest and good heart, that's a heart that's free of unforgiveness and bitterness and those things that really cause so many problems. Watch this. You might have a reason for why you feel bitter. You might have a reason for why you might be struggling with unforgiveness. But according to the kingdom and what it requires and what it expects, it is our responsibility to make sure we have an honest and good heart. Having heard the word, keep it or guard it, protect it, and bring forth fruit with patience. Then he goes on to say, no man that uh, when he hath lighted a candle, covereth it with a vessel, or put it under a bed, or set it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. For there's nothing in secret, for nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Therefore, take heed how you hear. One of the other parables says, take heed what you hear. For whosoever says, or has to him shall be given and whoever hath not from him shall be taken even that which he seems to have now i know i just said a lot i just read a lot of verses because it was that one parable um and i'm going to explain it but i'm going to explain it from mark's account but before i do does anybody have any questions or comments before we go into the, the explanation of what he was saying I should I I can just add a little bit as you was talking. Um, just just when he talking about the heart, like you know, it, the heart can be deceptive. So we don't know, you know, sometimes the condition of our heart until that test and trial comes, right? And I remember when we first got married, you know, just the word of God would come, and just looking at this parable, I would see right away how he would come to try to steal it before it took its its root in our heart and it would come through a simple conversation conversation or argument like something stupid but it let me see that my heart wasn't in the right position to not only receive the word but not to be watchful because when you do receive that word you do have to become watchful so early on in our marriage the devil used to do it all the time just to try to bring division so we'll be in church that word of god come the word to come and then all of a sudden, through a conversation, a misunderstanding, it would happen so quick. So the word that we had just heard, we going home in the car where I was just offended. And that quick, when he's talking about, you know, the condition of your heart, we do have to watch that and make sure that even if we don't know the condition of our heart, when those tests and trials come, you will see it'll come up, the offense or unforgiveness. And just to be watchful of that. I just was remembered of that when he was talking about that. Yeah. Um, anybody else? No. Okay. Um, chat, uh, not chat. I'm sorry. Um, Brooke said, this has always been a verse I look at and ask the Lord to make me um, fertile soil. But most times I feel like the one with the rocks. Oh, I'm glad you pointed that out. And here's why. Um, if you would turn to Mark chapter four, because that's what I'm going to do the uh, explanation based off of what Jesus said, because believe it or not, a lot of us should know by now that Luke was the doctor, but yet in this particular parable, it seems like Mark had more to say. Uh, he was more specific and detailed. Uh, I just like the way he, you know, uh, you know, recorded Christ's words. Did you say? Because oh, oh. um, uh, even when you look at Mark chapter four, in verse 11, uh, and Jesus said unto them, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, or to those who are outside, to those who are not connected, all things are done in parables. Why? So that in seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand. In other words, 
for those, he could talk in parables. And, it, you know, if you are hungry enough and if you're in position, and, but yet you, you're not connected, there's a chance that you can hear something that will cause you to change, that will cause you to turn and shift your life. But to everybody else, he says, look, I'm going to point blank tell you the mystery. I'm going to give you the real understanding, the nitty grit, the black and white of what I'm talking about. But to everybody else, I'm a talking code. That's just like if you've been around and you've been working somewhere and around a group and maybe folks are, you know, Latin American or African, whatever, they'll, they'll around you, they know English, but they're talking to one another in another language, knowing that more, there's a good chance, more than likely they're assuming that you don't know what they're saying. And that's kind of what Christ is saying here. I'm going to speak somewhat in another language. And if you get it, that's good for you. If you do something with it. But if you don't, it is what it is. So when he began to expound the parable, you know, we know who the sower is. Now, a lot of times when we read these stories in the Bible, we assume that if I, I've asked a lot of people when I've talked about this, you know, I would say, so who is the sower? And most people would say, Jesus. Well, Jesus is not talking about himself or else he would have said the sower went out to sow. You know, he says there went out a sower, not there went out the sower. The would have specifically been, meant that he was talking about himself, but he said there went out a. A means choice, meaning it, it could be anyone that was connected, right? And so the first principle is that according to Christ, who was talking to his disciples and everybody else that was outside or surrounding them when he was teaching, he was teaching those that were his, but he did not stop anybody else from wanting to listen. He says, there went out a sower to sow. So by Christ's definition, guess what you and I are? We are sowers. Now remember, Solomon said, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life or the situations, circumstances, relationships, outcomes of life. Mm -hmm. Well, Christ here is saying there went out a sower to sow. Who is a sower? You are a sower. So you can scratch out sower and actually put your name and put your name. Now, what does the sower sow? We know that the sower in the, in the scripture sowed seed, but what is the seed? Verse 14 says, the sower soweth the word. So Christ sees you as a sower. You need to know that is who you are. I mean, I'm not a farmer. I don't feel like I've never felt like a farmer. I don't know what they feel like, but yeah, that's true. Hello. But for who we are in Christ's eyes as kingdom people, we are sowers and it is expected that we do what? So what is it that we're expected to sow? The word of God but you can't sow what you don't know. This word that we read is not just something that we use to maybe get a little pick me up for the day or say something nice to somebody. No, this word, literally the Bible, this is a bag of seed that you as a sower is supposed to use at your discretion. And everything that you will get in life, it will not come outside of you going into your bag of seed and sowing seed to produce a harvest. You know, because that's what happens. You know, you I've never ran into a farmer that had all his farmland, had a whole lot of seed. And no, I'm not sowing it. I'm not expecting to harvest. You know, or I'm going to harvest corn. Oh, how much corn do you sow? None. Not today. No, it doesn't work that way. Farmers farm. They sow. Christ specifically said the sower sows the word. You must sow the word. So what so what does that make the word of God? It without a doubt. Everything about God and his kingdom, it starts as a seed. As we read, continue to read the story, we'll see that as he's talking in these parables, the parables are progressive. He starts with the foundational parable, which has to do with uh, establishing the, the who's who in the story. It's about the kingdom, but yet in the kingdom, you have the sowers, you have the seed, you have the soil, and you have the outcomes depending on the type of soil that the seed was sown into. But then he goes on and says, pretty much take heed how you hear. He goes on and says that there's nothing hidden that shall not be revealed. 
He goes on and says, there's no one that lights a candle and hides it under something, but it is meant to shine and bring forth light. But again, it's, it might seem disconnected if you've never heard this, but it's all a flow. The sower sows the word. You are the sower and you sow the word of God as seed. Where do you sow it? Well, he talked about four types of soil or four types of ground. And I like to say it this way, that the four types of soil or earth are four conditions of the human heart. So going back to what you said, Brooke, and here's the thing, an interesting thing, if you've never done it, Look at the word earth. Take the H off of the end of earth and put it at the beginning. You go from earth to the word heart. And so when he says the sower sows the word on four types of earth, the sower sows the word and it falls on four conditions or four types of human heart. And why is that important? Going back to what Solomon said, guard your heart with all diligence. Guard your heart or watch this, guard your earth with all diligence. In other words, watch what you allow to be sown in your heart or sown in the ground of your heart. Why? Because whatever goes into it, it will produce and come back to you. So hopefully everybody's understanding me so far. Now, let's look at the explanation. He says that these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, this is verse 15, but when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and taketh away the word that is sown in their hearts. And these are they which are sown on stony ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. But, oh, verse 17, and have no root in themselves, and so endure for a time, uh, but for a time. Afterward, watch this, this is so powerful. Afterward, when affliction and persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. In other words, for this one, and I believe this is you, Brooke, you know, why is this happening to me? Why is so-and-so being mean with me? Why are they doing this to me on my job? I'm nice to everybody. Why didn't they do it to so-and-so? I don't get Immediately, Satan comes, right? Persecution, affliction and persecution arises, why? For the word's sake, to do what? Take it out. Now, the first, the first ground, Satan comes immediately and takes it away. Why? Because it nothing happened. The seed didn't break the soil. There was no roots coming out. There was nothing. So he could just walk by and pick it up. You know. Now the second level, it's like okay, there's a little bit of you know the seed kind of goes into the ground just briefly, but uh, there's enough affliction and persecution to reach in and grab that seed before it can ever go deep, before the roots can ever take and take hold. Mm -hmm. Now, how does that happen? What does it mean that it says, but they have no root in themselves? The Bible tells us to be rooted and grounded. How do you get rooted and grounded? By meditation on the word, mm -hmm. by saying the word, by really studying to show yourself approved. Mm -hmm. A workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I don't care what church you go to. I don't care where you fellowship. I don't care how popping it is and what y'all got going on. If you're not studying the word for yourself, and if you don't know what this word is saying on a deeper level, if you don't ever allow the word get deep enough to change your thought process and how you feel and how you approach and how you relate, then it's worth nothing. Yeah, but I go to so-and-so church and we're doing this and we're giving back and we're volunteering. So what? But I feed a hundred homeless people a week or a month. So what? Mm -hmm. Because as soon as real affliction or persecution arises, it's only coming for one reason. At some point you heard the word of God. Now, when I say the word of God, I'm not simply talking about hearing um, good sermon, good preaching, or even a good talk. I'm talking about when you're being taught Bible, biblical, or divine principle from God's word. Because everything in God's word, everything in the kingdom of God, it is principle driven. When you understand the principles, you will always determine the outcomes. The question is, how much are you willing to endure mm -hmm. to get there? Mm -hmm. A lot of us can have faith, but not all of us have patience. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that with faith and patience, we obtain the promise, faith and patience. Like when you, y'all women, when y'all go shopping to buy shoes, 
right? You buy a pair of shoes. What is that? A left and a right shoe. It's not a left shoe. It's not a right shoe. It's both, right? You can't have one without the other. If you have patience with no faith, you never get a result because what are you expecting? But if you have faith with no patience, yes, you're believing, but you cannot survive or endure long enough to get what you want. What patience or endurance does is it carries your faith to the finish line, which is you getting the thing that you've been trusting God for as you walk in his principle. And I want to add something right there too. And he was talking about knowing the word of God and meditating on it, pondering on it, knowing for yourself, because when the persecution come and the test of trial, you need to be able to bring that word back out to fight that battle, to stand against the enemy, because the word of God that is, that's the thing that we need for the victory to be able to endure. So if you do not know the word of God, how are you going to fight that battle? How are you going to, you know, produce that fruit from the ground if you don't know the word? So it's very important that you know the word so that when you are tested and tried, because we will be, that you have the word of God as your weapon, which is the main thing. Like we love praise and worship. We love all of that, that, that has its place, but it is the word of God that holds truth and holds power. Always. That's a great point, sweetie. Yeah. Um, and so it says, let's pick back up in the word. Um, verse 17, it says, again, it says, and have no root of themselves and so endure, but for a time, right? In other words, the, the, the more roots you have, the deeper the word goes in your heart, the stronger you will be, the more, the more you can endure and the longer you can maintain your faith and the longer you maintain your faith, the closer you are to getting your result. Mm -hmm. But if you don't endure, you'll never know. People say, well, how do I know if I'm really walking my faith and trusting God? The Bible talks about the trial of your faith, mm -hmm. meaning the moment you begin to tap into biblical principle, divine principle, according to God's word and, and his promise, and you begin to act accordingly, which is your responsibility. The moment you release the word of God and you activate your faith by what you say, the trial of your faith starts at that moment. In other words, oh, so you say you believe, Brooke? Oh, so you're trusting God for X, Y, Z? Okay, y'all, let's try her. Persecution, affliction. The more word you have, the more you can endure. You don't know the word, you're not going to endure. And so a lot of times, how can you sow seed when you don't know what the seed is that you're sowing? Mm -hmm. It is very important as believers. I think that we're in a different climate, you know, in the church where you have to be very careful not to allow social media land and society to dictate how you govern your life as a believer, as a Christian. This has nothing to do with society. This has nothing to do with the government. This has nothing to do with social media. This has nothing to do with what your preacher says. This has everything to do with what do you know to be true with the word of God? Mm -hmm. The word of God is seed. And the moment you know the seed and understand that the seed, what, what is a sower expected to do with the seed? So, the only reason why God gives you seed is for you to sow it. And from that point, you trust God, believe, and you endure. You know tests and trials are going to come. Persecution and affliction will arise. If you are a believer and you're not going through an experience of persecution, for the word's sake, because of the stance you take, because of what you believe, you have to question your salvation. Like what's really going on? With and I was just going to say, let's break it down even more. Like that seed you're sowing for your healing, right? You take the scriptures on healing and you sow it towards, towards the manifestation for your healing. You're believing for prosperity, a job. You take the, the scriptures that God has said that he will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. You meditate on that. You, you put it in your heart and you sow it back. When, 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 when the devil said you ain't got, you know, you take that word. No, God is supplying my need. That's the word. If it's your marriage, you, you sow the seed that two have become one, whatever it is. So that seed is the word and you put that seed on the situation. That's what you're sowing it into so that as you're praying, as you're talking, that's what's coming up out the word of God. And then it produces the fruit. And then like you said before, like we don't wait around when you're a farmer to see when is the corn coming up? I sold that yesterday. I'm looking to see. Now we might watch over it, 
but you don't know when it's really going to come up. It, 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 it sprouts, it, it comes up and then it grows. So, you know, at the end of the day, you just keep sowing the seed and you keep watch over your mouth over your heart. You keep watch over that so that the enemy won't come and steal it because he'll come to steal it and he'll come quickly. Like he was just saying, he comes quickly for that. But when you're rooted and you're grounded, you can stand, you can endure and can't nobody take that from you. And the devil showing up, he can't stand against the word. He cannot. Um, verse 18 says, and they which are sown among thorns such as hear the word, you heard it, right? And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. In other words, you know, the wayside is one thing, you know, being sown on stony ground is another level. You know, it's, it's gonna break just, just the surface barely, but then, you know, uh, those who hear the word uh, and it was sown among thorns, they hear it, but something else happens. Along with the word going into their heart and beginning to take root, something else also enters into their heart. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things, cares, deceit and lust. They enter in and while the word has been planted, and it's taking root, you're meditating, you're doing these things, but there are other things as well that enter in. And uh, apparently you either you're giving attention to or you're not paying attention to, but you're allowing those things to roam free in your heart. Well, when that happens, look at what it does. Entering in, it chokes the word. In other words, how does it choke the word? And it, choking the word implies that the word needs something. What is the something that the word needs from you? Once you're sowing it, you've sown it in your heart. The Bible tells us that in the book of Hebrews, that they didn't get any benefit from the word because they did not mix the word with their faith. So they didn't get an outcome. So when the, the cares, the deceit and the lust enter in as well, those things distract you enough from not being able to focus your faith on the desired outcome, according to the seed that was sown in your heart. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that is so powerful about cares, deceits, and lust. They distract you. They throw off your faith. They choke the word of the force of faith that is supposed to be at work in your life because you're distracted. That's how that happens. Verse 20, and these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60 and some a hundredfold. Now, we think that, because a lot of Bibles maybe have a, a break right here in another subtitle, but this is all one flow. He's still talking about the kingdom. He's still talking about that base principle that he says, if you understand this parable, you will understand every other parable I ever talk about concerning the kingdom of God. This one is like, y'all remember growing up in school where they had the maps, like, let's just say the map of North Carolina, right? And you have the little, the, the, the map key down at the bottom left or right hand corner. And typically the star with the circle, if you saw the star with the circle that represented the capital, mm -hmm. you know, and if you saw a thin line that represented the county divides, if you saw, you know, like the uh, broken lines that represented maybe the state, I mean, the cities, so forth and so on. That's what this first parable is. It is the key for the rest of what Christ will begin to explain and expound. Mm -hmm. So in verse 21, he says, and he said to them, as a result of him talking about, he went from talking about the seed sown on good ground and it sprung up and it produced. He says this, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed or not to be set on a candlestick? He says, for there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. What is he saying right here? A lot of times I've heard a lot of people quote that verse as relates to if you committing any sin, if you're doing something wrong in a secret, everybody gonna find out. In context, that's not what he's talking about. He's still in the flow of explaining the kingdom and how it operates and how it manifests. In other words, if you wanna see the kingdom of God, if you wanna experience the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven realities in your life, the way the kingdom of God shows up in your life 
is by being seed sown in your heart. And what goes into your heart as a seed sown, it shows up in your life as manifestation. And that's why he went on to talk about is a candle, you know, brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed. In other words, when the kingdom of God begins to show up, because as a result of you sowing seed in the good soil, the good condition of your heart, there's nothing secret that won't be revealed. In other words, I'll know if you are studying the word. I'll know if you are trusting God. I'll know if you are focused on God's way of doing things in his kingdom. Why? Because I don't see what's going on. I don't see how it's happening. Just like when a farmer sows the seed, he don't know what's happening. But one thing we know is this, the seed and the soil, they will do what they do. We just got to be responsible to get the seed in the soil and make sure that the environment of the soil is conducive for production. As long as we do that, the kingdom will enter your heart as seed or as a grain of mustard seed, but it will show up in your life as the, one of the greatest plants or trees in the garden, so big that birds can rest on its branches. Now he goes on to say uh, in verse 23, if any man has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, take heed what you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you and unto you that here shall more be given, right? And then he says this, and I'm gonna end it with this one. I mean, we can keep going, but I'm gonna end it here. Verse 26 says, and he said, so remember he's continuing one line of thought, expounding the foundation that he's laid, how the kingdom works, the, the different focal points or the different characters in the story, the sower, the seed, the soil. Seed is meant to be sown so that a harvest is meant to be seen. He says, and he says, so, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up. He does not know how. Verse 28, why? For the earth or the heart brings forth fruit of herself. First the blade, then the ear, and after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he put us in the sickle because the harvest has come. In other words, when you see your harvest, take hold of it. You don't wait. You don't waste time because just as sure as the enemy tries to immediately get the seed, when your harvest, when, when it's sown, when your harvest is revealed, you need to immediately go get it. He says, but verse 28, for the earth or the heart brings forth fruit of herself. That's why Solomon said to guard your heart, because whatever is able to get in your heart, it's going to come out multiply whatever goes into your heart as seed in seed form will come out as a harvest produced guaranteed and so that is what he was talking about you know a farmer doesn't know what the ground how the ground does and all he knows is i need to get that seed and soil that is conducive for the harvest that i'm expecting that is how the kingdom of god operates it's not about your feelings it's not about getting a lot of people to agree with you whether you're right or whether you're in, whether you're wrong what does the word say? What do you know and understand about it? And are you sowing it in good, the good soil of your heart? And watch this. As a sower, you're always carrying around a bag of seed. And so you're always sowing in your own heart through meditation and study, your private time, but also in the hearts of other people. Every chance you get, you should be sowing seed. Tracy said, them feelings try to get to her. I know them feelings are mad. You know what, feelings, let me tell you, you cannot trust feelings because feelings have nothing, feelings have nothing to do with outcomes based on principle. A farmer might feel sick, but if he sows that seed, no matter how sick he feels, he knows he's going to get a harvest. Mm -hmm. So it has nothing to do with your, as a matter of fact, you have to learn how to divorce yourself of your feelings. Yes. Separate what you feel from what you believe. Your feelings change according to if you're hungry or not, according to what type of food you eat, what when type of snack, what type of music you're listening to, what they're doing on their job. You must, feelings, or another word for feelings are emotions, emotions. In other words, feelings are those things that set you in motion in a particular direction. Problem is a lot of times emotions are never based in the truth of God's word, but maybe temporary facts. Mm -hmm. And that is, that's not what you want. Um, I believe that as we bring this to a close, that everybody that is on this Bible study tonight, I personally believe that all of us needed to be here to hear this 
and that now you are held accountable for hearing this. Now you have an opportunity to hit reset on your walk with the Lord and how you approach the word of God. This is bigger than what any leader, any pastor, any church, any denomination, any movement has to say. What does God's word say? He has given you a book, 60, 66 bags of seed, all kinds of seed. What you need, what you're looking for. Find out the principle. Faith comes as you understand it, as you study it. Sow the seed, release your faith. The more you understand it, the more you can endure and you look up and you will have what you are trusting God for. Never be moved, though, by the persecution or the affliction that comes. Why? Because it's coming for the word has nothing to do with your feelings. Mm -hmm. You know, your husband, your wife want to get up under your skin, your, your boyfriend, girlfriend want to get mad at you, whatever. Listen, when you know that you're trusting God for something, persecution and affliction arises for the word's sake. You have seed. Whatever you want in life, healing, deliverance, breakthrough, peace, life, love, laughter, success in business, whatever, you have to sow the seed. It is God's will for you to have it but he doesn't give he doesn't give it to you in matter in full form. What he gives you is okay. You want this or that? What does my word say about it? In other words, go get some seed. So as much seed as you want in your heart, keep the condition of your heart right, and you're gonna look up and you're gonna have manifestations. The danger though, and the problem typically is, you cannot put a time limit on the process. Most of the times, too many of us we get impatient because we have this unwritten time limit on something that you cannot put a time limit on. As long as your heart is right and you have sown the seed, you allow the seed in your heart to do what they do. And as the Bible says, your heart will push out produce when the seed has been sown in it. You water it, you water your seed, you nurture your seed. Just like we do women, I don't know if there's any men on here, like we do with our babies. We, we, we nurture, we're, we're patient. We allow them to grow up, right? We, we, we communicate over and over. It might be, Melanie, you know, with your baby girl, I'm pretty sure she's talking by now, but some words probably didn't come as easy to her at first, but you continue to repeat it to her. You continue to, you know, make sure that she, she's hearing it. And then all of a sudden she'll be saying a whole full sentence, you know? So at the end of the day, there is a harvest, like Mr. D was saying. And sometimes, you know, we, we, we can't we can't tell you when it's gonna come, but God knows the season. I'm telling you, I do know that a lot of time, a lot of things are coming in our life now for seed that we sowed years ago and we named our seed. We knew exactly what we was looking for. We knew exactly what we was believing for. And then when the harvest began to come in particular areas, we was grabbing that mug like, yeah, that's ours. That belongs to us. That comes from God. We was getting in that, getting in the, the fields and we was, harvest is a lot of work. A lot of people think that harvest is so easy. Like it just come, but you, when your harvest come, you have to go get it. You actually have to work harder and reaping your harvest than you do in sowing the seed. And, and simply put, you can buy a bag of seed. It might not even weigh nowhere near a pound right. or an ounce or two for a bag of seed. Right. You can sow how many trees, how many plants right. out of that one bag. Right. But by the time you sow that tomato seed that you probably can't even feel it in your hands when you purchase it, right? Yeah. By the time you sow the seed and the harvest comes up, those tomatoes might weigh a pound, maybe right. half a you pound, three or four pounds. A lot of times you need help to get it. The harvest is always greater than the seeds you sown, so you have to put work in. So, Misha, I was about to go there too. Genesis eight twenty two. For as long as the earth remains, there should be seed, time, and harvest. That's not something that we always understand uh, because we're in a microwave generation. We're in a right now generation. We are in a so you know, where I feel on a sleeve sensitive generation. It doesn't work like that. This is the kingdom of God, not your Facebook or Instagram group of followers. This is the kingdom of God. It works different. This is the kingdom of God and not your church and how you do things in your church and not your culture in your church. This is the kingdom of God. Seed, time, and harvest. But Christ told us and showed us how to go about cooperating and the inner workings of what we can do to be successful in this walk. Get the seed, understand it, sow it in your heart, keep your heart right, endure, see the end of your faith by being patient. Take the time limit off. Know that you know that you know you got the seed and you sowed it. 
No farmer sows a seed and doubts that doubt he's going to get a harvest. Not no real farmer. Not one that does this for a living. And being that we are believers, Christ says that we are sowers. We don't have a choice in the matter. Meaning we should be doing this for a living. This should determine everything in our lives. Get to sowing. Get to understanding your seed. Get to, you know, conditioning your heart in the heart of others. Allow a time to do what it does and expect your harvest and celebrate it. Look for it when it shows and be prepared to put in the work to reap the harvest. Because them apples and them oranges and them potatoes are a whole lot heavier than the seeds sown to get them in the first place. Absolutely. And they will multiply. So that's um, all we have according to our time. We want to keep it in a certain time frame. So any other comments or questions or anything? Melody. It's back to you, Melody. I'm over here taking notes. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm over here jotting down stuff. Um, wow. Wow. Guys, I want to open it up if anyone else, I mean, I know the chat has been going. Um, Brooke, you guys have been all in the deal. So if you have anything, if you have any questions, now is the time. If you if you have anything to say, feel free to raise your hand. Um, Joe, Johanna, go ahead. I see your hand up. So you can unmute yourself and ask away. I'm sorry, that was a mistake, but <laughs> maybe, maybe the Lord knew my spirit. I wanted to ask something. I didn't formulate it yet though, I'm sorry. Well, you can just, just go ahead and speak it. I guess I'm, oh man, see you, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the stuff that was said. And I just agree so much with what's sticking out to me actually right now is that the word of God is a weapon. Um, and I'm going to take, I'm going to do that because I'm, I am dealing with, uh, you know, family health issue. And I'm going to find the scriptures on health and healing, and I'm going to say it. So if I didn't hear anything else tonight, that it would be that. Um, and I think that we, we do need to arm ourselves so much more than we, we do now. Like God gives us that authority. And I just don't, personally me, I don't feel like I use it enough. So this word tonight was definitely confirmation that I need to do that some more. So thank you for that. Okay, and since before you go to the next person, uh, if you have a pen, I want you to write this down real quick. And I tell anybody, write down the chapter and verse and then write down the book because it's easier to remember that way. Mm -hmm. uh, you said you need some verses to use the word of God as a weapon as well as, and more importantly for you to begin to sow seed and then to use it as a weapon to fight off. Psalm yeah. chapter 107 and verse 20. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And the last verse is 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. I'll say 8b, it's like the, really the second half. Mm -hmm. um, and so those are some verses that are talking about healing. We actually have been doing a study at church on Yahweh Rapha, which is I am God that heals thee. You know, and that's actually verse uh, Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, where God says that uh, to his people. So those are verses that you can begin to chew on, meditate on, convert them into seed, sow them into your heart. And you don't, once you begin to speak that healing out of your mouth, you don't ask God to heal you. You say, thank you, Father, that I am healed in Jesus' name because you belong to him. Healing belongs to you. It is one of your benefits. Thank you, Tracy, for, for putting that up. You know, it's a lot of seed, girl. <laughs> yeah, more than enough to get it done. You don't back away. You don't move. You don't say anything contrary to the word of God. I don't care what anybody else says. Let them call you stupid. Be persecuted and afflicted for the word's sake. You don't change your mind. You don't change your confession. Thank you All so right. much. You're so welcome. Awesome. All right. So, so once again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, this word was so on point. It was so many different things that I took. I mean, talking about earth and the heart. Um, one of the things that came to mind when you were talking at one point, Mr. D was, um, you know, you, you talked about releasing 
releasing the word out of your mouth. And a lot of times what happens is when we release the word out of our mouth in faith, you said releasing it in faith out of our mouths, we omit the trial part. We feel like because now we're in this place where we believe that we don't think that we think, oh, we've given it to God. We've surrendered. We've given it to him. And now it's in his hands. And now we don't, we feel like the battle's already won. And he's like, no, now it's time to go to war. Like, let's fight. Like it's game on. And so um, you said there are so many different takeaways on tonight. So I want to say thank you once again, um, guys, you can find them. They have so many different from, from teachings, from ministry with their church to their phenomenal ministry online. So if you guys want to just drop in the chat, Catrice, where they can find you, if they ever want to catch a word um, from you guys, if they want to follow your ministry, if they want to follow you um, at church, feel free to drop those in the chat. I would love for you guys to just be able to follow them anywhere. And so guys, if no one else this is the last time, does anyone else have anything they want to share? Does anyone have a prayer request that we can end with on tonight? Um, if not, we're going to end in prayer and we'll let you guys know. Go. All right. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word being yes and amen. We thank you for the word being rich and it falling on fertile ground on tonight, God. We thank you for all the seeds, the 66 bags of seeds that you've given us, Father. We ask that you'll give us opportunities, Father, time and time and time again, when we may forget to know that we can lean and depend on you. Father, don't allow us to go to you when we're desperate, but Father, allow us every single moment, every single day, you said to pray without ceasing. And so we ask that we'll just continue to seek your word, to seek your face, Father, to be in prayer, to walk in faith, Father. We ask that this word on tonight, that it falls, like I said, on fertile ground, that it is so rich that it carries us throughout the remainder of this week, going into next week, Father. We ask that even as it goes on the podcast, as people listen to it and as they watch it and as they hear it, Father, we just ask that it will penetrate their heart, God, and it will cause change in their lives. We thank you for the word of God, it being living, it being alive, it being well in our souls, God. And we just ask right now in Jesus' name that you'll continue to not only allow stolen lunches as a ministry to go, but as we bring people in and they just begin to share and they, they teach, Father, we pray right now blessings upon them. We speak a blessing over Catrice and Mr. D right now. Um, God, we thank you for what you called them to do here on this earth, to bless people, um, God, to actually share and teach the word of God in such a magnificent and such a way that's so understandable for people to get. Father, we just pray right now that as the seeds that they've sown over the years, as they've spoken, God, as they see it and it's harvest time, God, we thank you for you giving them strength. Um, strength to, to carry the harvest, strength to release the harvest, God. We thank you for you giving them the desire and the heart to just do your will. Father, we thank you for everyone that's, that logged on on tonight. We just ask that you will cover them, that peace, protection, and provision will be with them until we meet again in Jesus' name. So you guys know um, that we have Bible study starting again next week, Monday and Wednesday. There'll be prayer at 6 a.m. You can log on if you're not familiar feel free to go to stolenlunches.org. You can find out all of that information. And we'll be back here Tuesday at 7 p.m. for Bible study. Um, you guys have an amazing night and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning into our Stolen Lunches podcast. To get connected, log on to stolenlunches.org. We also have numerous online faith community groups that are waiting for you. We are active in these groups all day, every day, praying for you, celebrating you, walking and doing life with you. We have women, men, co-eds, and our cool couples community. Again, all details, stolenlunches.org.